This is Anthony Morganti. Welcome to my podcast for the joy of photography. In this week's podcast, we're going to talk about gear, specifically gear for a studio. It's been my experience that towards the end of the year, a lot of photographers are contemplating turning pro and they're starting to research the price of the gear they're going to need to equip a studio. Often they'll email me asking me different questions about different types of gear from strobes to light stands, to light modifiers, whatever. So I think this podcast is relatively timely in that regard. So I'm going to recommend some gear, but I'm going to make an assumption. I'm making the assumption that you're just starting out. So I'm going to be recommending uh, entry-level gear. But with that said, it's only entry-level gear that I've actually used and that I actually know is of high quality. It's not something that's going to let you down. It's not something that's going to break two or three, you know, after two or three uses. This stuff is actually going to be very good and it's going to allow you to grow as a studio photographer. Also, I want to mention that in the show notes, I'll have links to all this stuff. Included in those links will be some links to Amazon. I am an Amazon affiliate, so those links will be affiliate links. And if you click on them, I will make a commission if you purchase the gear from Amazon. I am not affiliated with any of the companies at all, you know, directly. And I will not be making any money because of this video from any of these companies. For example, we're going to talk about strobes first. And I recommend that you use Paul C. Buff strobes. And Paul C. Buff isn't paying me anything to do these videos. I doubt they even know who I am. Personally, I do use Paul C. Buff strobes. I use the Einstein line of strobes, which is their top of the line strobe. They have four different lines, Einstein, Digibee, Alien Bees, and White Lightning, White Lightning X-Series. I personally use the Einstein, and I have a photographer friend that uses Digibee. And I could vouch for those two lines of strobes that they're very high quality, very well made, and they're not going to just break after a couple uses. Now, the Einstein strobe, it's a... 640 watt second strobe, it's probably around 1600 watts, and it runs $499.95. And once you start researching the price of studio strobes, you'll understand that $499.95 for a strobe this powerful is actually very, very reasonable. It's really, um, I mean, probably one third to one fifth the price of an equivalent strobe from a manufacturer like a Bowen strobe or, or top line manufacturer. And the build quality is excellent. And these are digital strobes, uh, you meaning, you know, you push buttons. Uh, they're not like analog strobes where you slide a slider for power or anything like that. You could actually dial in the exact power you want uh, with this strobe. Now, I mentioned that I have a friend that uses Digibees. Uh, Digibees are are less powerful than the Einstein and they don't have as many features. The Digibee runs 
$309.95 to $349.95. There's a price difference because, because there's two different output powers. There's a 400 watt one and an 800 watt one. Now the 400 watt is $309.95 and you could choose from black, blue, green, or red. And the 800 watt is $349.95. And again, you have the same colors to choose from. Again, these are digital um, strobes, meaning there's push buttons and a digital readout uh, for uh, the functions on, you know, to dial in the power and uh, color temperature and things like that. So, you know, it, it's still a really, really well-made strobe from what I've seen from her setup. Now, with that said, I don't want you to get too worried about output power. Even though I use these Einstein strobes and they're like very, very powerful, I don't think in my studio that I've had these over half power ever. So in a studio situation, in most instances, you won't need all the power a 1600 watt strobe's going to afford you. Often you're going to dial it down way less than that. Um, if you're on location and you're using large light modifiers, you will find often you'll have to use more power. So I do recommend that you spend as much as you could afford for the most power you could afford because that will allow you to grow into it. I also recommend that you don't really need to go buy four of these. Like I have four of these. You don't need to go out and buy four right away. You could buy one. Buy one, buy a light stand, buy a light modifier, and then learn as much as you can about one light setups with that modifier. I recommend a softbox. So you're going to learn all about one light setups with a softbox. Learn everything you can about it. Um, then maybe buy a second one. Then learn about two light setups with softboxes. And if you you know want to, you could buy more, but you could ease into it. Don't think you have to go buy four or five of these right away. Uh, you could, again, buy one. $499.95 for the Einstein. The other ones are uh, less than $400 for the DigiBees. Now, they do have those uh, two other lines I mentioned. They have Alien Bees and White Lightning X-Series. I've never used either of those, and I don't know anyone that owns those. The Alien Bees are more powerful than the DigiBees, but they're analog, uh, meaning they don't have the digital readout. Uh, they're... Um, if you want to dial in uh, the power output, there's a slider like on the back of it that you slide, if I remember right. Um, so, you know, I'm not saying that's bad. It's just doesn't have the features that the Einstein or the Digibee have because those are have that digital readout and, you know, you could push buttons and dial in different things. Now, no matter what strobe you buy, even if you buy something else beside Pulsy Buff strobe, you have to trigger it somehow. Now, you can use a wire, you know, a sync cable that will plug into the back of the strobe and onto your camera and, and trigger it that way. But usually in a studio situation, you're going to want to use, you know, remote triggering. You don't want a wire to trip over. Now, if you buy the Einstein or the Alien Bees, you're going to have to buy a transceiver that will plug into the back of the strobe. And they call it the CyberSync transceiver, and it runs $29.95. So add that to the price of that strobe. 
If you purchase one of the other ones beside the Einstein or the Digibees, if you purchase the Alien Bees or the White Lightning, you're going to need a different transceiver for that. And that runs around the same, I think that's actually around $60. But either way, you're going to need a transceiver that goes, in this case, with the Einstein or Digibees, that plugs into the back of the, the actual strobe. Then you're going to need something that goes on the hot shoe of your camera. And they offer two different transmitters that do that. One they call the CyberSync Trigger Transmitter 2 that runs $59.95. That goes on your camera and it just simply, as soon as you press the shutter button on your camera, it sends a signal to the light. The light has that transceiver plugged in and then it will fire the strobe. Now, a more expensive option to this that offers more features is what they call their Cyber Commander. With this, this does the exact same thing. It's going to trigger the, the strobe. But with this, you could adjust the power of each strobe directly from the back of the Cyber Commander. The advantage of that, often you'll have a light high on a light stand and you need to change the power of that strobe. Well, to do it, you'd have to bring the light down and get to the back of the strobe or get something to, you know, a small ladder or something or a chair to stand on so you could get up to the back of it to change the light power. Well, you could do this directly from the Cyber Commander, uh, so you don't have to go to the back of the strobe. Also, you could do that for all the lights. It will, you know, I forgot how many it, you could put on here, like something like seven or eight or nine different lights on here. Um, actually, I think 15. I'm looking at it now. Maybe 15 or 16 different lights. Can't remember, but a lot of different lights. I have four. Also, you can put your lights into groups. Often I have two lights that will light the background, and I could put those in a group so I could adjust those as one. It just saves a lot of time. Now, with the Cyber Commander, though, there's a big, steep learning curve. It's not very user-friendly, and it's not super easy to understand how to use it. Once you learn it, it's okay. But it's difficult uh, to learn, in my opinion. It took me a while to get the hang of it. I have both. I have the Cyber Commander and I also have the CyberSync Trigger Transmitter 2. The reason why I have this one is I often allow other photographers to use my studio with my lights. And it would take me all day to try to explain to them how to use the Cyber Commander. So I have this and I allow them to use my lights with this because it's a lot easier. Just a lot easier. So if you're really good with technology and you want all those options, of adjusting the lights from your camera location, adjusting, putting them in groups, things like that. Get the Cyber Commander 2. If you're not so good with technology, just get the CyberSync Trigger Transmitter 2. It still will trigger the lights, um, you know, fine. So that's what I recommend, a Paul C. Buff. Now, again, you got your light. Now you need to put it on something. Uh, you're going to need a light stand. I have the 13-foot air cushion light stand, it's only $100. Once you start pricing light stands, you're gonna find there's a big range of pricing. You get a light stand for like $20, $30, but it, I'm gonna tell you, it's garbage. It's not going to be um, very you know, robust. The 30-foot air cushion light stand for $100 from Paul C. Buff is actually very robust, very strong. It will last longer than your studio will last. And because it's air cushioned, if you have your light up high and you forget to clamp down the tightening clamp for that section and the light falls 
you know, folds up. Because it's air cushioned, it will go down slowly. It's not going to slam down and damage the light or damage your light modifier. Uh, so that's an advantage of an air cushioned light stand. You're also going to need, if you plan to do some type of clamshell lighting, that is where you have the light right above the face of your subject, uh, vertical clamshell lighting, and you have another light or a reflector below their chin, you're going to need a boom so that the light stand is off to the side. Because obviously, if you don't have the boom, the light stand is going to be right in front of your subject's face. They sell a 13-foot heavy-duty combination boom stand for $119.95. I do not own this. I just have their 13-foot air cushion light stand, and then I have in a different accessory. It's kind of like this reflector arm thing here. Not this one, but it's kind of like this one for $30, where it goes on the light stand, and it allows me to kind of boom out my light so the stand is off to the side. Um, so... Um, again, I'd look really, if, you know, for a hundred bucks, this 13 foot, um, cushion light stand, they have a 10 foot one for 50 bucks also, um, that's air cushioned. They're really, trust me, they're very, uh, well-made. I think they're very, uh, very good product. Now you have the light, you have the light stand. You might have a boom too. You don't need it, but you might, well, you're going to need a light modifier. There's all different type of light modifiers, and what you're going to find is that there's no convention on the mount for the light modifier. So every manufacturer has a different mount. So if you have a Bowens softbox, it's not going to fit on your Paul C. Buff light or vice versa or any other brand, um, Allen Chrome, anything. They're all different. The good thing is, and another reason why I recommend Pulsey Buff, is not only are their light stands reasonably priced, but their light modifiers are very reasonably priced also. Now, I recommend if you're first starting out that you get a softbox. And I would recommend a medium-sized softbox, like a 32 by 40. It's $129.95. That might sound like a lot of money, but it isn't. It's really a very well-made softbox. Um, it's going to last a long time. If you get a cheap saw, you can find them cheaper, I'm sure. You're, hopefully you can find them with the Paul C. Buff mount also, so it'll mount on the light. But they're going to be really kind of chintzy. They're not going to be, the fabric's not going to be very durable, and they're going to wear out. The, this also, it's, it just folds right out. A lot of times, especially with the cheaper softboxes, you have to pitch them almost like a tent. You have little rods, you're going to have to put in little sleeves and pockets, and, and you're going to have to build it. There's nothing to build here. It just folds, and, and it works real well. Um, so I have, personally, uh, the 24 by 36 um, foldable softbox. That is $119.95. I have the 32 by 40, which is $129.95. I have the 30 by 60, which is $159.95, and that is huge. That is five foot long, so that is, is very large. Also, I have these um, grids. They're kind of these egg crate grids, they call them, for each of the softboxes. Once you buy a softbox, you'll notice there's going to be Velcro in the edges. And that is because these grids just go right in on that Velcro. And the, what the grid allows you to do is restrict the light so it doesn't uh, splash out on whatever you don't want it to splash out on. It kind of keeps it more on your subject. Um, I don't use the grids all the time, but I have a grid for each of those three softboxes. 
I also have a 60 inch foldable Octabox and the grid for that also. And I have a 10 by 30 inch uh, foldable strip box. I have two of those and I have the grids for those as well. And um, yeah, that's 10 by 36. Yeah, that's what I have. So um, I, you know, to me, that's more than enough for my studio. Although, wait, I should add, I do also have reflectors. Now, usually, especially if you're going to light the background in multi-light setups, you're going to want uh, just a metal reflector that will allow the light to just go onto the background and it won't spill out to the sides and hit the back of your subject or anything like that. And the Einstein lights take an 8.5-inch high-output reflector, and that's uh, 1995. And I have two of those because I often have two lights on the background. I also like the beauty dish. Uh, my kind of go-to lighting setup is a vertical clamshell lighting setup, pretty standard. And I have a 22-inch silver high output beauty dish that I use for that light. This comes with a cloth sleeve that goes over the front of it to further soften the light. Uh, for female subjects, I usually like to leave that on. If I have a male subject and I like to, I want to make them look rugged, I'll take it off. It will make the light a little harsher for that type of shot. And that is that beauty dish is seventy nine ninety five. Um, so, um, what you'll find uh, once you shop around, you're going to find that pulsy buff for everything I've mentioned, from the light stand to the uh, reflectors to the soft boxes is actually considerably cheaper for the same quality from another manufacturer. This is very high quality uh, softboxes, reflectors. I've never um, had issues with anything from them. So that's my recommendations there. Now, with that said, if you're going to be shooting on location, maybe you're going to, getting into wedding photography and you want to have portable lighting so that when you're out, um, you know, taking pictures of groups or whatever in the field. You're not in the studio situation. The Pulsy Buff stuff, although will work, it's not what I would recommend because this stuff plugs in. There's no batteries in these lights. They do sell, they call portable power, these light uh, or these battery packs that you could buy they clamp on the light stand and then your light will plug into it that's kind of clumsy you also could put them in a bag and put them next to the light um, to me that is kind of uh, clumsy what you would rather prefer to have for a situation where you're out in the field taking pictures in my opinion you i would recommend you have a light that has a battery built into it now my recommendation for that, and we're going to go to Amazon to show, is a Godox 8400 Pro all-in-one outdoor flash strobe battery-powered monolight. Um, now, the reason why I recommend this is because I know it, it's, again, if you check pricing of lighting and lighting with a uh, light that, a monolight, they call this, with a, it has a battery in it also, that... Uh, they're going to be way more than what this shows, $649 um, for this. This includes the transceiver inside of it. You're going to need, though, a transmitter for your camera on top of this. Now, this is 400 watts, so it's not super, super powerful. But 
again, I think it's very well made. Um, also, you're going to find that these types of lights that use this like built-in battery power, they're not usually going to be way up there, like 1,600 watts. If they are, they're going to cost several thousand dollars. They're not going to be this reasonably priced. Um, so I mentioned you're going to need a transmitter for this. And they, you have to buy the transmitter, or you should buy the transmitter for your camera. Uh, here's one for a Nikon. They have Nikon, Sony, Fuji, Canon, of course. Um, different manufacturers, uh, have, they'll make this transmitter, and it runs $69. Um, so that, you know, add that to the price. Now, they have a Bowens mount so you're going to need bowen's accessories to go on here or bowen softbox or something to you know whatever that you want to use i also should add that if you live in the united states don't buy the godox version of this because from my understanding uh, although i own the godox i bought it before i understood the difference the godox version um the Customer service is horrible. Um, Flashpoint, it's the same exact thing. It's just often you'll find, especially in photography, you'll have the same product that is marketed under different names. Adorama sells, and I'm not an affiliate for Adorama at all. Adorama sells the exact same thing, but it has it says Flashpoint on it. And you could buy it as a kit, so it'll include the trigger. And the trigger... Um, it's the, it comes out to be the exact same amount of money. So with Amazon, if you buy the Godox at $649 and the trigger is $69, if you add that together, it comes to $718, and that's the exact same price as the Flashpoint version from Adorama where you get the trigger with it or transmitter with it. So um, that I recommend. They also, though, have a bundle that will include a Glow Easy Lock Octa Quick XL Softbox, 48 inch with the Bowens mount. I, I think this works great. I, I love this actually. So I would say if you live in the United States, buy the kit. Uh, so you'll get that as well and you'll save a considerable amount of money. Uh, now, that here's that kit from Amazon. It's uh, this is a 38 inch one. That's the other one's even bigger. This is uh, 48 inch. So again, it uses a Bowens mount. It has a battery. The advantage of this, these either Godox or the Flashpoint, is they have high speed sync. You're going to find often if you're shooting outside that you're going to need to use a shutter speed that is faster than the standard sync speed of your camera. If you're using a Canon, it's like one, depending on your model, it could be one one sixtieth of a second, one two hundredth of a second. Um, the Fuji 2, depending on your model, it's one one sixtieth of a second or one two hundredth of a second. And Nikon, you could get up to one, on most models, get up to one two fiftieth of a second. But even that's not you sometimes fast enough for the light that you're going to encounter. You're, especially if the sky in the shot, you're gonna, your sky's going to be white. So you're going to want to use a faster shutter speed. And these... Uh, units have high speed sync so that way when you use the exact transmitter for your camera uh, Nikon in this case Fuji whatever it'll be able to high speed sync it and that's a great advantage 
So again, the battery's built in here. Um, I forgot how many shots you get per charge. You can get a few hundred shots per charge. Now they sell one that is more powerful, that's 600 watts. It is considerably bigger though. I'd say it's probably about 30% larger than this. And what you're gonna find is if you're shooting in the field, this is going to be a little bit unwieldy if it gets too big. You're gonna to have to either have it on a light stand with the modifier and or have an assistant. Now, if you have an assistant, which I recommend you do, um, I recommend that you use a monopod to mount this. I recommend the Siriu or Siriu, I don't know how to pronounce that. And I've recommended this, this uh, monopod numerous times. It's a carbon fiber monopod that only runs like 95 bucks. Uh, it, it's really awesome. Um, I think it works great. I love it. It's very well built and it folds down really small so you could travel with it very easily. So you get this. Now you're going to need one little more thing so you could put that light on top of the monopod. And what you're going to need is this little adapter and it runs like six bucks. So you take this, this screws on to the top of your monopod and then you could take, get rid of that, get rid of that. You could take your light then and your light will screw onto that so very easily. And then your assistant could just hold the monopod where you want them to hold it. And again, it's got, you know, it's TTL light, um, high speed sync. So very easy to use and easy to use in the field in my opinion. So that's what I recommend for those situations. And now if you're in the studio back, let's go back to the studio for a minute. You're going to need backgrounds and uh, you could find background sets for probably as cheap as like 60 bucks, but they're going to be very light. They're not going to be very heavy. And a lot of times, especially if you're using seamless paper, the seamless paper is kind of heavy. And it could tip or it could sag. It could cause issues. So I recommend this one. It's a Manfrotto 1314B background support set with bag and spring. So it comes with a travel bag with it. Um, like that bag. Um, it's, it's a good, I think it's heavy duty. It works well. Um, I, I recommend something like this. I have something very similar to this in my studio and I think it works out fine. Now, once you have this, you're going to need some backgrounds for it. I recommend, first of all, that you get seamless paper for most situations will work fine. And you really, I wouldn't get all hung up in getting all different colors. Um, personally, I only have white, black, and gray uh, in my studio. And if you're going to just start out and you don't have a ton of money, because these, you can see these are, depending on which one you get, are... Uh, they're $82, uh, you know, uh, going across. Now, first of all, I should mention too that I have like nine foot wide background in my studio. So the seamless paper you buy must fit your, your uh, stand. So that stand will fold out to nine feet. You could, you could fold this stand less than that, but it will fold out to nine feet. And once you uh, put the paper on it, you know, well, what I'm saying is if your uh, studio location is, you can't fit a nine foot background, you're going to need something smaller. And they sell the 
the paper, I believe, in seven foot or five foot, seven foot, nine foot. So get what you need for the setting you're putting your background in. Um, nine, you're going to find it five foot's only like a headshot. You're not going to be able to get much more from that. Nine foot, even like more than two or three people is an issue sometimes. So, um, you know, again, it, you try to get the best, the most, you know, you got to stay in your budget, but, uh, get the largest one you could afford is what I'm trying to say. So, um, if you're just starting out, I would say just get gray with gray, you'll be able to do more with it than you can with white or black only. For instance, if you get black, you're only going to be able to do low key portraiture, probably nothing really high key. Um, with white, you're not going to be able to do anything probably but high key. With gray, you could kind of, you know, do things. And if you buy extra lights, you could light gray so it looks white and, you know, do high key with it. You could do low key with it without any light on it. So um, the gray gives you more, um, um, more options um, than if you, if you uh, buy either of the other two by themselves. Uh, if you could afford it, get all three, white, black, and gray. Once you get them also, um, they're going to unroll and you need to stop them from unrolling. And that's where you get these clamps. Uh, you just, they're just, they call them heavy duty muslin clamps. Cause a lot of times we use a muslin background. I'll talk about that in a minute. And you clamp your muslin background back on, onto the, um, onto that bar of the background. But also, because the rolls unroll, what you would do is you take these clamps and you put them right on the end of the roll, clamp one on each side, and that will stop the roll from unrolling, you know, so it just kind of hangs down and um, it's a little safer too. And so you need those clamps. Um, then backgrounds. I recommend that you get two. Uh, you can find these probably reversible too. And again, get them to fit your background if you're using nine foot, seven foot, whatever. Um, I, I recommend you get an earth tone background and then something that's cooler, like a blue background. And you can see that this Cowboy Studio 10 by 13 foot hand-painted tie-dye muslin photography photo background brown is $39. And then the same thing pretty much, but blue is $38. So, you know, they're not cheap, but they do work well. They look great. And then you again would just put these on your... Um, your background bar back here, you'd clamp it on with the clamps and just let it hang down. And that will, um, you know, be, an, be a fine background for most uh, situations. Now, that's my recommendations to get you started in the studio. Again, uh, it's not the best top of the line stuff, but it isn't garbage either. This is stuff I've actually used. I don't own this Cowboy Studio blue one, but I do own this brown one and it's pretty heavy duty i think it won't let you down that works out well um i mentioned i have all the different paper you know papers paper seamless paper that works great i have these clamps the clamps are um plastic they're not the best they're okay they're okay they are they probably will break eventually but they're all right i don't have this exact background i have one similar um basically Again, you could find backgrounds way cheaper, probably like one-fifth, one-sixth the price, but they're going to be a lot thinner and they're definitely not going to last as long. 
They'll probably be okay though if you're just going to put them up and just put, let's say, a muslin background on it and leave it. And you're not going to be taking it down. You're not going to be folding these up and putting them up again anywhere else. They're staying in one spot. Then you could probably get away with a cheaper uh, background support set than this. Um, again, um, I, I highly recommend, even just for monopod use, this uh, Siriu um, monopod. Just know that it doesn't come with a head. So you're going to have to buy a monopod head or a tripod head for it if you're going to use it with a camera. But as is, you just need this little adapter thing to put a light on it. And then I recommend if you, if you live in the U.S., you shop at Adorama, even though I'm not affiliated with them at all, and you buy the Flashpoint Explorer 400 Pro TTL here with a transmitter for your brand camera, and you're going to find that that will work out great. Um, you're going to need the light modifier. I recommend you get this kit, this bundle, uh, including this Octa softbox uh, there. That'll work out good. And as we go through the Godox, uh, if you live in Europe or something and you can't um, purchase the Adorama product and you could find Godox, uh, that will work out great. It's the same exact thing. Again, really, it's the same exact thing. Um, and the Pulsy Buff stuff I recommend, from the light stands to the different light modifiers I mentioned, the soft boxes, Octaboxes, the Beauty Dish, all very reasonably priced. Um, one thing I... I I have, see these uh, caster sets? Uh, those of you watching the video, I'm sorry, those of you not watching the video, what I'm pointing at is a, uh, just wheels that go on the bottom of the light stand. They're $29.95 each set of three. Uh, those don't work very well. They kind of, the light doesn't want to roll with those. I wouldn't bother with those at all. Save your money. So in my case, I have like four light stands and I bought those for all four light stands so that was $120 and it kind of was a waste of money so I wouldn't recommend that uh, you're going to need counterweight bags you could uh they're $14.95 here from Paul C. Buff they don't come with any sand in them so you're going to have to go to a hardware store and buy like um sandbox sand that you would buy for a child's sandbox and you fill these with sand uh, $14.95 a little bit. You probably could find these a lot cheaper on Amazon. It doesn't matter. They're just bags of sand. And they're used on your light stands. You usually put them on the leg of the light stand so it doesn't tip over. And you're going to use that more often if you're using a boom. Uh, so you'll put it on the legs of the stand. And I think I have probably a set of four of those in my studio. Not these pulsy buff ones, just something else. That, you know, you just definitely should have for safety reasons again uh, different cyber commanders uh, I recommend that you just if you're not good with technology and you're going to buy the pulsey buff stop stuff just get the CyberSync trigger transmitter 2 it runs $60 but it works fine if you're good with technology then the cyber commander is the way to go it's $179.95 there is a little bit of a learning curve there but you'll be able to control the power output of your lights directly from the back of this and you could put lights in groups and control them uh, in a group from the back of this, which it really does come in handy. Um, and with either the Alien, um, yeah, the Alien Bees or the Einstein lights, you're going to need the CyberSync transceiver to plug into the back of it. That runs $29.95. And again, I, I use the Einstein lights. I think they work out great. Um, never had an issue with them or the Digibees, I think I said Alien Bees before. The Digibee lights 
take that that uh, transceiver. The alien bees take something different. And what the alien bees take is this CyberSync AC power transceiver, or receiver, I should say, and that runs $70. So that's what that takes. So make sure you get the right uh, transceiver for the light you're buying. Now, again, you could buy these, you know, any brand of light you like. Um, a lot of people are get into studio photography. They buy a very reasonably priced, for lack of a better term, because they don't want to call them cheap. Continuous light sources, often LED light sources. From what I've found, in most instance, instances, those are not very well made. They're not very good. And I would recommend that you avoid continuous light sources that are entry level like that because they're just going to cause you headaches. Uh, you could get them really cheap, less than a hundred bucks. You'll get like two or three lights with soft boxes and things like with light stands, but they're really, really flimsy. They won't hold up. I mean, if you're on a shoestring budget, yeah, of course, get those. Those will get you started. But you're really going to want to get into strobe. Strobe will offer you a lot more versatility. There are many times, though, where we're using continuous light sources in certain situations, LED panels and things like that. But that's really higher-end stuff that costs uh, considerable, considerably more than that entry-level stuff I'm talking about. So I would avoid those entry-level continuous light sources that you'll see on Amazon, um, especially. And that's my recommendations. I hope that helps you. Again, in the description or in the um, show notes, I will have links to all this stuff so you could easily find it. I am an affiliate for Amazon, so those will be affiliate links. I'm not affiliated with any other company that I've talked about today. Thank you for watching my podcast for the joy of photography. Remember, stop by my website, onlinephotographytraining.com. There you'll find all my latest videos and articles to help you improve your photography. That's it for now. I'll talk to you guys soon.